0: Figure. We've never wavered in that vision. be
1: happy to be in his Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourselves
0: and ourselves, I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible.
1: So I took the initiative in creating the internet. That app comes with incredible rapidity. One arc after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted. It really is a revolution. Welcome to the uh, Hustle System podcast, where we dissect the patterns of success and failure for some of my favorite people in the online space, uh, whether that's art, music, e-com, etc. Uh, today... We've got my boy Spectacular Smith on. You can find him on Instagram at I am Spectacular, also at Wizar, Uh A D W I Z A R. And uh, your website is adwizar.com. So it's almost like adwizard, but without the D, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can say that. Awesome. Awesome. I love it, man. I love it. I've uh, got, a, got a great history on you. Uh, most people would say grumpy cat. I'm sure you don't want to be known as a grumpy cat guy. I'm sure you don't mind, but, um, I think it's dope. So, uh, you know, I'm here, I'm in LA, a lot of musicians in LA, as you know, um, we also do e-com and, uh, that's why I wanted to have you on, man, because you've got a, you've got a, a opportunity to kind of dial in to the voice of this intersection between commerce and music that I think is extremely, extremely powerful. So I think if we were to kick this off, where did it start for you? And maybe if you can rewind back to maybe a tough moment that you had that made you put your foot down and say, Hey, you know what? I've, I've got to build this myself. I got to step up. It's on me. I'm going to take charge of my life. Uh, How did that come about?
0: Yeah, for me, it was, it was more of joining this group with my brothers back when I was in middle school. Uh, I was always a dancer and entertainer at heart. I was in third grade talent shows and doing things like that. And, Really, in the third grade is when my entrepreneur journey really started. I ended up getting a brochure that said, hey, if you sell these candies, you know, these chocolates, you can make, you know, you can get some prizes. And as a kid, the biggest thing you want is some toys, you know, some prizes a win something. Right. And when I realized that I can make this money, I see my mom selling crystals, Avon crystals, and she was doing a little hustler thing. My dad was in prison at this time, he served 12 years in prison. So it was just a single mom with my brothers and sisters. And from that point, I seen her hustling hard with her Avon Christmas. So I was like, all right, mom, I got these candy bars. Like, you know, can you help me sell them? Can you help your your friends sell them? She was like, all right, she's going to take them to her, to her job. And then I went door to door. So long story short, I sold a little over $5,000 worth of candy. And from selling those candy bars, when it was time to collect my prize, they actually only gave me a bubblegum beeper and a yo-yo. So at that point, I'm no fool, right? I realized that, yo, I just got robbed. You know, of course, I'm in the third grade, but I was just like, this can't be right. That was a lot of money I gave you and I got some BS, right? So- once I realized that, I kind of like re upped on my supplies. So, oh, I got y'all this time, <laughs> you know? And I just kept all the money. It was just, oh, it's all bad. I owe the school some damn money. But I, I kept the money and I opened up my own business. I went and bought my own candy. And I was just like, you know what? Y'all robbed me. Y- you know, y'all got enough out of me. And I went and sold all this candy and y'all basically gave me pretty much nothing. So I decided to take the money that I got the second time. I ate a couple of little candy bars, but I sold majority of them. And then I kind of got in trouble for selling candy, right? They realized that I was selling candy without them, and uh, they shut me down. And then I transitioned to middle school. I got into the same thing. I realized that at school, everybody was asking for candy. And, you know, these people, they were starving. They was hungry. So I feel like in any business, solving a problem is, is a huge opportunity. And in the school, we had seven periods in middle school with which in middle in in Miami, you actually know that's I don't know how it is around the world, but in different places or even where you at. But we have seven periods. And by the time I got to the third period of bringing forty five dollars bags of candy to school, I was sold out every single time. So by the time I got to third, fourth, fifth, like they were bugged the crap out of me. Spec where the candy? Where the candy at? And I was just like, yo, I don't have any more candy, bro. Like it's nothing left. So I got an aha moment. I was like, you know what? Maybe if I could just get some people to help me out, then I can actually sell more candy. I can I can cover more grounds of the school. So I got 10 people to agree to sell candy for me. I met them at the side of the school in the morning time and gave them $25 bags of candy. At this time, I knew nothing about employees. That's what I realized I had and center-based pricing or like any of this stuff. So I gave them bonuses and everything. I was like, listen, you sell out more than three times in one week, I give you an additional $5. So as time progressed, I realized that I had a full fledged business. I was making 1,500 to two grand a week selling candy, you know, at sixth grade, right? I was every bit of 12, 13 years old. I think I was 12 at the time. And transition from that to um to getting the package at the door <laughs> 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 but yeah, so, so basically from that man i I ended up being in the group pre Ricky at the same time going to do shows so being on stage crushing it killing it and then transition from that man to realizing that being on stage wasn't really my passion like that I kind of got forced in the group had to teach myself how to rap and we just blew up, man. We, we took that same work ethic that I have in business today and we implemented it into the show business, the music industry. And by the time we got to for instance, we got signed And I mean, we, we was blowing up in, let's say, January 2014. And we was putting in work. We was doing sometimes two to three shows a day, just going crazy, just putting in that hard work and, and that effort. Sometimes my dad was like, you know what? Do you guys want food or do you want posters? And we was like, shit, we want posters, right? Cause at that time my dad got out of prison and he came and got me. He was like, Listen, you coming and you coming with me. He asked my mom, like, yo, let him choose. Do you want to come with me or you want to come with you? I said, <laughs> I went back in the house. I was like, I'm staying with mom. He's like, bring your ass here. So he forced me to come with him. But it was one of the best decisions I ever made in my life because he he taught me how to hustle. He taught me how to, you know build relationships, taught me that my word was everything. You know, I can do a deal off of handshaking and really be bound bound to that versus having a full-fledged contract because my word is everything. You know, my relationships are everything. If I say I would do something, do it. So he taught me a lot of morals and he taught me a lot of things that helped me out in this long run. Of course, it's things that I didn't agree with that he did growing up. But throughout that transition, I realized that, you know, having that, passion and music wasn't really there for me. So I got a call from a guy named Matty J and he was telling me, listen, I can make money off of Tweety. And that's when I realized that I can create different parody accounts. And I got into this whole social media thing. And that's when I created Grumpy Cat. And and the crazy part is Grumpy Cat was just a test. My whole life been 80-20 for my whole life. I do something 80% that I know works and I test out the other 20%. And Grumpy Cat was a twenty percent. I seen them on. I seen a video on YouTube, which I just seen it yesterday. It got twenty two million views on it. I was like, wow. Back in the day, I looked at that and was like, yo, this cat is a hit. And I created it, and it went viral. And from that point forward, I was focused on other accounts. I went back to the Grumpy Cat account because I learned how to do everything when I I would say automated. Like I automated everything. No matter what I did, I automated it, and I put. Grumpy Cat on autopilot, I came back and they had like 200,000 followers. After I left it for like three weeks. I was just like, whoa. And then I started monetizing and started making thousands and thousands of dollars. So I signed up to a platform called My Likes, because that's what I got the call saying I could make money. And it was a company called My Likes at the time. And I became number one in advertising dollars on the whole platform. They had over 10,000 users. I was the number one guy making thousands of dollars a day and realized that you know, being on stage and making money on tour and everything. That was just a plus, right? It was really the social media space that I was in and learning how to build followers and go viral and blow up brands, no matter if you was a, a cat, no matter if you was a parody account, no matter what you was, I grew to 6 million followers in a couple of years and went on Twitter at the time. There was only a few people that had a million followers at the time. And my cat was one of them. So we blew it up, man. And and that was really my whole transition into the whole business space and the whole music thing. And of course, we went platinum twice. And from going platinum to having number one album for five consecutive weeks on the hip hop and R and B charts. And from that point forward, I was just like, man, killing it on social media, killing it on the charts. But I lean more towards the business part of the whole thing, man.
1: That's dope. That's dope. All right. So there's there's a lot to unpack there. I've got a similar history. I didn't sell candy. I sold something else in middle school. Probably not Probably not as positive. Uh, but there's a, there's a recurring theme there uh, that I find interesting, right? And it's this tapping into what you call like the sweet tooth, right? It's like the sweet tooth. Like everybody wants candy, boom, we're going to do candy. And I think that also proliferated itself through the social media stuff that you're doing, right? People want that dopamine hit. They want to get that emotional response from whatever it is that they're interfacing with. So I think the first thing I'd like to unpack is I'd like to rewind just a little bit really quickly. When you are in that position, you've got the single mom, you do decide to make those moves. um, There's a driver there. So what I see a lot is people will kind of uh, be at the mercy of their environment, right? They'll say, Oh, I'm in this environment, therefore I can't do it. Whereas you in that situation are really taking your life into your own hands, you're going to say, Hey, this might not be the best situation there. I might have every disadvantage, but I'm still going to take this into my hands. And I'm still going to take action on it. Um, so what's a piece of advice you'd have for someone who maybe, you know, doesn't have the money. Maybe, maybe they have student loan debt, maybe, you know, their, their, uh, their family situation, their financial situation. Isn't that great. What's, what's something that's like a mantra or a principle that you stick to that they could implement in their life to remember, to push through when things get tough.
0: I think one of the things is understanding what you want out of life and do everything you can to make it happen. Not let nobody talk you out of your dreams, not letting anybody discourage you because half of the times when people do something that's impossible, it's people that was ahead of that saying that you can't do that. That's not possible. Imagine the guy who created the plane. When he was trying to explain to everybody how he was going to create a device that people got on. And then from that situation, they take off and go into the air. It's going to fly to another state and it's going to land. People going to, passengers going to be able to get off and then they're going to be able to cut the time of driving something that would have took them 24 hours to something that's going to take you three hours, four hours. They would have called them crazy. They was like, yo, what are you talking about right now? Like, you want to go get a beer? Like, you want to go out to the club? Like, what are you talking about right now? And so many people... Are in that same position right now in life where they have an amazing idea and they have the people that's around them talking them out of it, saying that, oh, you can't do that. If it was, if it was possible, it would have been done already. Right? Nobody's doing that. Like, what are you talking about? Get on a plane? You call it a plane and you're gonna fly to a, how is that even possible? How are you gonna get in the air? How is it gonna stay in the air? They would have convinced him that. This is not possible and you're wasting your time. So it's so many people that have an amazing idea that they're quitting on. They're deciding based on somebody else's thought process that what they're thinking is not possible or they're not capable and they're listening to them. So one of the main things I would do, I would just try to gain as much knowledge as possible about what I want to do put in that hard work, put in that hard effort the same way you would go to a nine-to-five. Do a nine-to-five with your dream. You know, the same way you'll build somebody else's dream because that's what you're doing when you're going to work every day. You're building somebody else's dreams. So build your own dreams. And I like to say this, try. You might not be the person that's able to create a six-figure or seven-figure business, but at least you can say, fuck, I tried. You know, I tried and I felt miserably. I got back up. I tried. I got back up. I tried. I tried. I tried. I tried. I tried. you know what? I'm just a better number two. There's nothing wrong with that. Scottie Pippen still got rings. Even though Michael Jordan was the face, he still got a a ring too. So you just got to figure out how far are you willing to go to get what you want in life, get your dreams, your passion, what you was putting on this earth to be and your god given talent that was met to be shared with the world are you going towards that for your dream
1: yeah oh, i lo- I love that and that's that's sacrifice it takes you know sacrificing say sleeping in right to wake up, show up, go to the gym, do the work um What's your morning ritual like, brother? Let's, let's let's get that one out of the way. Everybody gonna ask that one. Yeah, you know yeah. what? what you, you, I'm sure you got a couple things, man. You got a great mindset, very resilient. Um, what's your What's your morning look like? Yeah. So my morning is first.
0: I gotta wake up before my kids, the family. Uh, wake up because if not, they're distracting. So what I like to do is I like to get up at least two hours early, and the first thing I do is give gratitude. What am I thankful for? I like to run an old list down. Of what am I thankful for? The first thing is, you know, thanking God for waking me up as one. Then two, I get into everything else. You know, everything that I'm thankful for, because so many times we fall into the victim mode of, damn, you know, I wish I had, or, or I wish I had more of this, or I wish I had. 20 clients instead of 19 clients, or you always figure out the negative in situations. So I like to start my morning just giving gratitude to everything that I got. You know, my ups, my downs, being grateful for those, the lessons I learned from my ups and downs. And that's the first thing I do. And then next thing I do is meditate. I meditate. I do do a breathing exercise for the first Four minutes. Then I get into my meditation. After my meditation, I do my visualizations and visualize what a, what is my ultimate goal over the next, you know, time period on what I want to attack, making that, you know, become true in my mind. Because your mind will know the difference between what's real and what's not real. You're convincing your mind that this is possible, this is real. So many times we think about things and we bring it to light, but we only do it for things that has nothing to do with success. We might be like, damn, I want that car. Damn, I want these shoes. Damn, I want this girl. But nobody does it with being successful or going towards their goal. So you have to visualize. And I visualize it. And I paint the same picture every single day. Every freaking day, I paint the same picture until it happens. Every day. And then after that, I do that. I do my mantras. You know, a mantra. I do my mantra and my affirmations As soon as I finish meditating right at the end, I do my mantras, And then, you know, I go brush my teeth. I got my cue cards, my, my things that I want to accomplish. I got deadlines on everything that I want to accomplish. So as soon as I'm brushing my teeth, I got my reminders every single day. I got my reminders. So as soon as I look at it, it reminds me, you know, Michael Phelps, he's one of the best swimmers in the world. When his cue cards say, get in the water. It don't have to be nothing crazy. Sometimes simple is better. Not matter of fact, not sometime, 90% of the time, 99% of the time, simple is better. So I have things like that. And then after that, you know, going to my office, I listen to some motivation, you know, motivational speech that I got my main thing that I listen to. It might be on discipline. It might be on, you know, just motivation, just getting my mind right, ready to go to war, basically getting it together. And uh, another thing I like to do is take a cold shower in the morning, let you find my body, do something every single morning that's going to put me in a position to challenge myself, make me uncomfortable. Because when you're uncomfortable is when you see your best potential. You know, when you're back against the wall, so many times you fight through it and you become resilient because... Your back is against the wall. So when you put yourself in positions like that on purpose, then you're able to see what your full potential is. But if you're never putting your back against the wall, then you'll never see how great you can fight. No, when I'm a lucky. dog is chasing you, your ass is the fastest person on earth that dog chasing you. But yeah. if you never put a dog behind you, you just, you just lollygagging. He's just running normal. It's never, you're never going to see that speed, that that, that, that same boat speed. You'll never see it, right? And the same thing is in business, the same thing in your personal life, the same thing in rebuilding relationships. You got to figure out how to make yourself uncomfortable. You know, how can I take the date and reach out to five people that I r- really, truly care about and be intentional about building that relationship with them? Being uncomfortable. I know I don't want to do this. It's like, but you know what? I know it's going to be better for me. It's going to be better for the person I'm building with. And this is truly how I feel. But so many times we get complacent and we just do the norm. We just do the regular. And just to fast forward back, you know, go to my office, listening to, you know, pretty much the war theme song before I hit the office. And then I just go crazy, man. And then as soon as I finish the office, I go straight to the gym. And that's my trigger. I like triggers and routines. So my trigger, as soon as I close my laptop, I lock my office up, I, I head straight to the gym. So now... Is no guessing on what I have to do. Everything is triggers. I wake up, affirmations. next trigger, meditation. Once I finish meditation, the next thing is mantras. I do my mantra, my my affirmations. next trigger, cold shower. Once I do the cold shower, you know, as I'm getting dressed, audiobook. Once I do the audiobook, a podcast, as soon as I leave, motivation. Once I get the motivation, I get to the office, put in my work. I check my emails, do everything. Now I, uh, I go to my team, each different department, see if they need me, Everything's straight. And after that, I leave, boom, oh, another trigger, gym. So like I got my different routines on how I make sure I get everything that's important to me. And then once I do that, then everything is set, in- including the day before. The night before, I map out my next day. So I know exactly what I'm doing. So I hit the ground running. I don't have to guess what I'm doing. So many days we go and we like, yo, what the hell did I do all day? You know, so we have those days like, what the what the hell did I do? What the hell did I do all day? I can't remember one thing. So I, I got something called powerless from any for seller, win the, win the day. And, and, I, and I wrote that out to my whole office. So before the day before I win the day, I figure out how can I win the day? Not worrying about 20 days ahead. Like, how can I win today? How can I? put focus on the things that makes the most impact for today. What's the most priority? Because we have a long list of a hundred things and we're just too busy getting shit done versus getting the most impactful thing done and moving the company as fast as possible. And I have my team do their power list before they leave the office. So they know exactly what they're coming into the office doing for the next day.
1: Yo, I love, man, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack. I had that moment this morning, man. I, I, Every Tuesday, Thursday, I, I wake up at 5, by 5.30, I'm at the gym, I, I got to swim 100 laps, which at 5.30 in the morning, it sucks. <laughs> it's not what you want to do. I had that today. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do it like in the afternoon. I'm like, no, get up, go. Uh, and it's funny, I've got whiteboards around my house for different products, like meal prep. I've got like a meal prep whiteboard with like arrows and stuff, you know, like, did you order it from Amazon? Did it come in? Do, 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 do. Like a whole little sequence. So that's very, that's very Steve Jobs of you actually, like, you know how he, he always used to wear the same turtleneck, right? So it's kind of like that systematized process. It, it keeps you light. It keeps you fun. And I think one thing that you'll notice is it allows you to make the big decisions. Like it eliminates all the small decisions as far as what to eat when to do the lifts or what to do in the morning. And then it gives you space to make those big decisions and make those big moves that you actually need to make in your business. So I think it's really powerful for people to hear is it's like, uh, instead of just guessing, right? Instead of guessing, okay, I've got a goal. I think a lot of people uh, currently, especially in the space, it's all about motivation. It's all about goal setting. It's like set a goal and then you can do it. And like, that, that's great. That's a great starting point right? But what you've done is you've reverse engineered that goal into a list of things you need to do. And you've broken that down into a process. Um, can you unpack what that cue card thing was? Cause you mentioned cue cards in the morning. How do you, how do you do it? Like is those like physical cards, like yeah. post-its? Like yeah. how, how do you do that? Yeah. And I want to touch
0: on the Steve Jobs thing it's because A lot of people don't even understand why he does that or why Zuckerberg does that. Statistics say you only make three good decisions a day, if not two. So if getting up in the morning and figuring out what you're going to put on is one of those decisions, then you kind of burnt one decision. Right. So that's why everything is systematic for me, because I don't have to make a decision on what I need to do. I already know already, already know what I have to do because it's already in my schedule. So th- that's not a decision that I have
1: to make. It's already there. So yeah, that's yeah, what I- Yeah, it's like predefined predefined success. Um, I, I think it's huge. I truly, you know, the military's got a term, right? You don't rise to the level of expectations. You fall to the level of your training. And I truly believe like that systematized process that you implement serves as a framework for your life that then let's say you have an off day. Let's say you're not feeling great. Just like a train goes on a track you go right back on that track of your systems and you end up getting to that destination that you need to be at. Yep. Whereas if you don't have that in place, you're just completely scattered going all over the place. And uh, I think it's funny you mentioned the plane thing. So, so I talk about this a lot with people. Uh, it's uh, it's like, if you imagine, I, I hear people complain sometimes and it, it's, I think anyone listening to this, if you complain about anything, you don't understand where we are. And what I mean by that is we're, we're in, we're in chair in the sky territory. <laughs> we can get, on a plane and be sitting in a chair in the sky. Now, I don't know about you, man, but if you put me on this earth, like no, no infrastructure, nothing, okay? I would not be able to get by myself to chair in the sky. <laughs> like, like you know, you know, you and I are smart, right? But it's like, you put me with nothing there, right? Just the, like wilderness. Like, I I, I I, can get like a house up and stuff and like protect myself from wild beasts and, and all that. But man, like chair in the sky is on another level. Lo- like, iPhones are that's on another level man so i think anybody like this complaining or or creating illusions of limitations within their own mind for themselves the prison of the mind you're doing yourself a disservice you're not understanding where we are as, as humans we're in, we're in the best time that's ever existed our ability to untap uh, and unleash our human potential is like it's unlike anything it's ever been for especially with socials um, so all right so so that was sick man thank you for uh, for breaking that down I think let's let's kind of go and talk about the, those principles. You go in, boom, you crush it. What are the things you're looking for currently? AKA, what are you looking for in the social media landscape? What, what are those things that you look as a trend spotter, let's say, um, that allow you to see, okay, here's what's going on. Here's what we're going to be next. Like, let's talk about like, even if you want to go into like the human condition, where we are as a society, and what are the next things that, um, I'll give you an example of this. Uh, with marketing, I always say it's all about the human element because we've done, there's been so much internet marketing that we've lost that human connection, right? You and I are able to have this great podcast and it's great. We need, we need more human connection. There's, there's certain human element that's not automatable. That's not systematizable. uh, That's not replicatable by AI currently. So for example, with the agency, when we market, we market to that. We figure out what is that human element, that unique component that, that that's not machine-like and we market to that. So that's the emotion, that's the childhood dream. That's, you know, the desire to be important, the desire to, to be heard, the desire to feel like you exist. Um, so that's something that I always look for, right? When, when I'm like selecting products or people to have on the podcast or any, almost any decision I make is based around, is this unique? Is this powerful? Is this a, uh, a star? Is this a star in the universe that's making the world brighter? yes or no. If the answer is yes, then we go for it. So what are maybe some of the things that you you go for, you approach? Because you've got a pretty good eye for it, obviously. Uh, I'm sure it's not just grumpy cats. You know, I'm sure there's, there's more methodology to it. I, I'd love to hear about that. Um, I think it'd be an interesting uh, thing to unpack. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I'll touch on a few things. Um, what well, the first thing I want to touch on is the first question, which was about the cue cards. And one of the things about the cue cards is making sure that it's a reminder because so many times we get off track. It's like going to church, right? You, you try to be wholesome. You try to stay on track and then you kind of get off track. And then you go to church again. All right. Then you get back ready to go. All right. Wholesome again. And then you kind of fall off towards the week and then boom, you get back in church. So it's the same thing. Like you basically have cue cards that remind you based on your goals. And a lot of times people don't have deadlines for their goals. So they just say, hey, I want to learn Spanish. But what the hell does that mean? You know, you're going to learn Spanish. like what is? What is the deadline for that? When, when do you have to learn Spanish by? And a lot of things I like to do is tell everybody. Because when I tell the more people, the more people will keep me accountable for the goals I'm setting out. So now I'm putting it out to the masses. Now it's more likely for me to accomplish that goal because more people know about it to leave me accountable for it. So the goals is di- just things that is going to set my day up and the goals that's going to help me Remind myself that this is something I need to aim for every single day. And then another thing is making sure that this is my mantra that I can have in front of my face. Right. I got my revenue goal. That's a mantra. I repeat that to myself, even on the cue cards. Then the next thing is like, you know, today is going to be a good day. Smile, be positive, be grateful, like things like that. So as soon as I start my day, I can automatically get in that mindset where I'm going to have a good day. Right. And I'm bringing I'm bringing my thoughts to fruition. I'm not just I'm being intentional about my thoughts. Soon as I get up in the morning, I'm already setting my day on what I feel like is going to be like. And I and I put that I I bring that I manifest that I manifest my day. Then the next thing is, like, what is my goal? I want to focus on what is my deadline? I can see that every single day on what I got to do, what I got to do. And I basically take regular cue cards and I just take a regular Sharpie and I write it down. And then I put my due date on it, you know, if it's if it's a language, if it's a revenue goal, if it's a mantra, if it's a, you know, just to set the mood, set the day, you know, those different things. Right. One of my my cue cards say read for 15 minutes a day. The more you learn, the more you earn. Like, so just something simple. So just get into the mindset. I gotta read. And then I just fill up that dead spots of thinking and I fill it in with knowledge. So when I'm driving, when I'm getting dressed in the morning, already my 15 minutes is out the way. Everybody take more than 15 minutes to get dressed. I don't give a damn if you Steve Jobs putting on the same turtleneck. It's gonna take you longer than that. Put the headphones in, get your 15 minutes in. Before you know it, you want to strive. You're doing an hour, you're doing two hours, like it'll keep going and the growth from there. So that's the cue cards. The next thing is. You was discussing about, you know, limitations, mental limitations. I call that invisible barricades. So many times people put invisible barricades and they say what's not possible for themselves. They don't even give themselves a chance. They just put that visible barricade. Oh, I can't do it because I don't got no money. But half of the people who started started in the garage. I don't have an office. I don't have an office space. Like what are you talking about? Steve Jobs started in his garage, right? Microsoft started in the garage. Like all these people started in the garage, like figure out what your garage is and start there, right? Take what you have and utilize what you have and make the best of what you have so you can start upgrading your tools later on. That's why people have version one, version two, V.01, V.02. Like they have versions, but it has to start somewhere. Nobody starts up here already. And I think that's the mentality that people have is that I need to start at the top. No, start from the bottom, figure out what you're doing, and then make the transition, make the pivot when that time comes. Instagram started as a app for photographers to have better pictures. Look what Instagram is now. But imagine Instagram wanted to be Instagram right now, back then. They would have never got started. They would have made all these excuses on why they can't get where they need to go. So I just wanted to touch on that too. And then the, the last thing that you asked me about was what the marketing strategy and what's the landscape of
1: social media and things like that. Yeah. Tr- trends like you as a, I, I call it the framework, right? So we all have an internal framework for our minds for how we evaluate information. So yeah, I'm sure you've had this. I've had this where somebody comes to me with a pitch and they're like, Hey, will you invest in my company. I've got a seed round. I've got an a round, Blah blah, 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 blah. Right. We got hit with those all day. And so, um, I'm kind of asking the, que- the core of the question is what is your filter that determines whether or not an idea is worth at least testing? Easy. Is it a demand for it? Is people looking for this?
0: If you can come up with something and say, "Damn, if they had this, it'd be I'd be I'll buy that shit right now. It'd be amazing if they if this exists. This. How many times you said that to yourself? That's the idea." Man, I'm tired of taxi cab drivers. They're so rude. I freaking hate it. What if they just had a, a situation where I can just call in the car and be here in five minutes? Oh shit, that's Uber. What if I was drunk and I could just have somebody drive me home? I know I'm going to go out drinking and I can't drive. I don't want a DUI. Like what if they just had a person that'll pick you up and just take you home so you don't even have to worry about driving?
1: That's that's the mama. That's the mama. That's not even Uber, that's mama. Mama, right. I'm lost. Where, where yeah. you, at?
0: you see what I'm saying? So it's like different things that happen in, in real life. If you can come up with that solution to that problem, that people are looking for you. You don't have to convince nobody to drive to, to call an Uber. I don't have a car, I need to get here. somebody gonna drive me. Plain and simple. You don't have to do that. So I do that with businesses. It's like, is this something that people are looking for? I don't want to have to convince somebody that this is something that they need. I want somebody to convince me on selling what I have to them because this is what they need. It's a difference. And once you ask yourself that, then you will know for sure if this is worth my time or not. And then the, the second filter is, do I know about this? Is this something that I'm knowledgeable about? I don't get into things that I don't know about. I lost so many, so much money trying to jump into things because it's the new trend. Oh, cannabis. Like everybody's making millions of dollars off of everything. People are making millions of dollars off whiteboards. People are making millions million dollars off a of plant. People are making, you know, billions of dollars off of cabanas. Like people are making millions of dollars off of bookshelves. So like everything is, is, is amazing. You just have to figure out what do you know about and do your homework and due diligence on it and then run it through another filter where you get the experts that know about the thing that you want to get involved in. If you don't know, so this is the only thing. If I don't know about something and I do decide I want to take that calculated risk, it's only going to be calculated because I'm going to call every last person I know that's in that field. Let's go to real estate, right? Let's see if it's real estate. And somebody comes to me and they want to buy a building. And I don't know anything about it, but it sounds so good. Oh my God, this sounds like the sweetest deal on earth. There's no losing. First of all, it's always losing. It's always a risk no matter how perfect it sounds. I don't give a damn what it sounds like. Bitcoin, cannabis, it's always a risk. So the first thing I would do is, all right, you're coming to me with this proposition. It sounds amazing. It sounds like I can't lose. It just sounds so sweet. I'm gonna call my guy who's crushing it in real estate. He might not be a guy who sells buildings where he have multifamily units. Let me call him. Let me call my mentor who knows about real estate. And then I'm a co-sign what everybody's saying. And I'm going to put it through a filter. So n- guy number one, Paul, told me about the idea. I'm going to talk to Jeff. Jeff. I'm going to tell Jeff what Paul number one said. And then whatever Jeff said, I'm going to go to my mentor and confirm what Jeff said about Paul number one. So now it's this whole thing that's going on that it's the system now. So now I have more focus and more of a direction on taking my investments because now I'm running it through this filter where now it's going to drop out if, it's full, if this person is full of shit or not or how much of a risk this is. So now, not only I know about it, but I'm running it through my friends who also are successful at it because so many times people get advice from people who are not successful at what they want. You know, I seen T Pain say he lost 40 million dollars because he had his manager doing investments on real estate. He's an amazing manager, but he knows nothing about real estate. So why would you take investments from someone, investment advice or have somebody managing something that they know nothing about? They're learning and testing it out. No, I want to have somebody who's an expert at this already guide me in the right direction. And I want an expert that's even better than an expert to tell me what the expert is doing mm-hmm. is true or not.
1: Yep. And that's how I run my investments and my ideas through that filter. Yeah, I, I love that. Okay, so the, the demand one. So, so it's a one-two punch. And I love this. I'm going to unpack this a little bit more for, for the, those of you that are listening. So the demand, the quote here that I think will resonate with people is it's not your idea. Okay. So I I get this a lot where people will come and they go, I want to do, you know, the new pen or whatever. Right. And I'm like, well, that's cool. That's your idea. It's in your head. It's it's yours. It's your idea. And the way you're approaching, it's a little bit different. It's a much, much smarter approach. It's the market's idea. It's not your idea. That thing that you think is so precious, it's going to have to test reality. It's going to have to rub against reality. Right. It's like that Mike Tyson quote, right? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And it's the same thing with business. You can have the best, you know, idea, but if it's not field tested, if it's not based on what the market needs and wants, um, you're not approaching that the right way. So uh, I, I think a lot of artists, especially listening, they're like, okay, I've got this really unique song, right? This really unique way of doing music. Um, I always think like 80, 20, like you mentioned, right? 80% do what works, 20% innovate. Like Google has that that program internally where 20% of the employee's time they can do on, you know, whatever projects they want, 80%. Field tested stuff that works. Uh, So I think that's a really, really powerful thing to unpack. Is just because you're building on top of proven principles, that doesn't make you a sellout. Doesn't make that doesn't demean the impact you have. In fact, it increases your chance of success because you've gone through a long journey. You've made. I'm sure you've made a lot of mistakes. You've learned from those. You've adjusted. You've self corrected, and now you've got new principles in place that someone can learn from, hence the whole point of doing this podcast, right? Uh, And so if somebody's not taking advantage of that, if they're discrediting that and saying, well, I'm going to do something completely new, completely innovative, I think, cool, go do it. Like, I'm not not going to stifle your creativity or stifle your vibe, but look at the reality of who else has maybe done that and then leverage that. So I think that's powerful. The the competitive advantage of do I know this? Massive. And then mentors, right? Uh, One of my mentors used to say, your network is your net worth, pretty common phrase um, who, who are your mentors, man? Like you, you've, you've, you've touched on it. You've kind of, you know, you, you, have you've, you've kind of boom, been in that space. You're like, duh, 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 duh. and I, I felt like you almost wanted to go deeper on it. Um, so maybe, maybe let's give some credit where credit is due. Who are some of the people that, you know, were, were there for you when you needed guidance and helped you out that stand out, um, yeah. some props.
0: Yeah. So I, I didn't have mentors up into a couple years ago. So I literally went through my ups and downs, going broke in music. My dad spending all our money and kicking me out the house, going homeless and have, having to figure out how to do, you know, social media. And by the time, six months of staying in my girl mom house with her little bedroom she grew up in, by the time six months went by, I had over hundred K, you know, just off of being on the internet 20 hours a day, getting four hours of sleep and Throughout that process, I had to learn all these things. You know, Facebook changed in one thing, one one algorithm changed, put my business almost down by 80% in revenue. So I had to learn all this stuff and figure out how to continuously grow my company and not flatline like all my competitors. And my competitors is doing 45 million flatline. Like I'm the only guy still standing right now. But that's because I, learned and pivoted. So as I seen these things happening, I was like, fuck, I got to read all, I, I read as many books as I could about leadership, about sales, marketing strategy, mindset, like everything, relationships. I pretty much read every freaking book. I went from reading no zero books four years ago to over a hundred books a few years later. And that was because my back, against, my back was against the wall. What I was talking about earlier, my back is, was against the wall. I had over 25 employees at the time. And I'm just like, yo, these people are depending on me. And I had to figure that shit out. So what I did was I read all those books. I got some programs, uh, online programs, coaching. I paid consultants. So then throughout that time, I started getting mentors because they start seeing what I was doing. I start actively reaching out to people I felt like would click with me. And from that point, they kind of been my mentor. Now I have mentors for different things, right? If I was just starting a podcast, which I have a podcast with Spectacular Experience, quick plug right there, make sure you subscribe, you know, and go follow my podcast right now. But um, I started listening to podcasts and all those things. And then I realized that, you know, after going through this journey, that I needed more people that I can connect with on a higher level. That was already why I wanted to be. And that's when I had a conference. I was at a conference in Miami and I met Jeff Hoffman. He's the co-founder of Priceline. He sold it for $68 billion and the he sold UBIT for $61 billion. And then the kiosk that you guys print your boarding passes with, He sold that for a hundred million dollars. And I want to get into that after I finish saying what I'm saying now. And that'll go back to the market, actually wanting what you have to offer, right. When you get that idea. So I'm going to unpack that later, but I realized that, you know, I had a template that worked for that, for my mentor. I was like, damn, he became my mentor off this template. So I used that template on another mentor (laughs) and it worked too, right. It's a closing script. I was just like, Oh, this works. So, um, Master P is my mentor also, and, uh, and, and I just have mentors for different things. So no matter what, it, it might be a mentor based on podcasts, like I was saying earlier, it might be a mentor on sales, it might be a mentor on marketing. It might be a mentor on different things. It might be my mentor for real estate. So different things I have mentors for, but I have my main three mentors, which is Jeff Hoffman, Master P. And a guy named Bill, who you probably wouldn't know, but he had a huge insurance company and he sold it for one hundred and fifty million dollars. And, you know, he's an older guy, like seventy five years old. Um, And, you know, I sit down, I talk with him and I mentor him, you know. But the great thing about it is you have people like me, you have people like you, have a mentorship program um, where people can actually get mentored by me you know, I go live. I actually go live tomorrow. I'm doing one tomorrow and it's based on social media. And, uh, and we take on a certain amount of students every single, every single month. And, you know, that the enrollment is open. Uh, I also have another mentor mentor program when I'm breaking down all the skill sets on how to build a successful business, leadership, credit, how to build a social media following operations, financing, money managed, like you know, offer of one thing alone that I have in my programs called Entrepreneur MBA, because in school, they don't teach you all the shit you need to learn. So instead of me being a person that complains about what's not happening, I make it happen. And throughout school, you don't learn how to build your credit. You don't learn how to get $40,000 $40, line of credit, which in my school, I teach you that how to get up to $40,000 line of credit without any credit at all. I teach you that. You can get that within a week. I teach you off of off of one off of one strategy alone. And my finance portion is I say 15 grand off of my taxes, just off that one strategy that I had. I was just like, damn. Like, and so I started putting all these all of these things that made an impact to me and my life and not having having all those mentors, reading all those books and podcasts, I figure out how can I put all this shit in one place? And how can I get all of my successful entrepreneur friends and colleagues to get them to teach for an hour or two on how they made seven figures, eight figures off of sales? How did you make eight figures off of selling through personalities? How did you make, you know, eight figures off of selling through marketing and paid media ads? You know, then I made seven figures and above off of multiple companies. I have over 14 companies and I have the same blueprint that I have in my program on how to actually gain and generate a product from scratch all the way up to $2 million in revenue in 90 days. And I just have these different, you know, systems and from going from to Harvard and seeing that, damn. And Harvard, this is how they teach. They teach through case studies. So I went and took those same implementations and took that and brought it back to my program. So somebody who can't go to Harvard and pay that tab that Harvard would charge them, I brought back the same type of system that Harvard teaches and brought it back to my academy. So just getting mentors is super powerful. But if you guys want me to mentor them, you can go to actuallyhelpmegoviral.com and made it super easy for people to just go to the URL, help me go viral.com. Or you could text me 786-661-1224 and text me the hashtag course. And I send you access to my free training. I do a two hour training that breaks down social media, how to monetize, you know, how to let others find viral content for you, how to actually make money off of other people's followers and how to... Have a proven growth strategy, even if you don't have a following that anybody can do. So those different
1: things. Uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, legit. Mentor, really, mentor. really quick. That that pitch is fire. That pitch is fire. Really quick, really quick. So you mentioned your competitors flatlined at forty five mil, and you kept growing. Where Where are you at now, approximately? With you know, for what you can disclose, like.
0: Yeah, I don't I mean honestly I have multiple multi-million dollar businesses, right? So some of them range from 2 2 million, some of them range to a million, you know, some of them are at 8 million like, you know, throughout the year. So everything builds up, right? And throughout having these businesses, it's the same proven model. You know, it's the same proven model and it's the same it's the same for every business. Like Elon Musk can create PayPal and make it what it is. Elon Musk can create Tesla and make it what it is. Elon Musk could create Specs SpaceX and make it what it is because he has a formula that he implements in every single business. Yep. Right. And I'm pretty sure that Elon Musk has a mentor that mentors him. And that's why that is, is so important. So when I'm having my sessions with Master PO, I'm having a session with Jeff Hoffman or Bill, that's my other mentor, my third mentor, then already know what I have to do. They're coaching me. Everybody needs a coach no matter how amazing you are. You need a coach. So Absolutely. these are my coaches. And a lot of things is finding somebody who are where you want to be at in life and just pay them. Don't be cheap. Somebody said to me one time because I'm, 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 I'm frugal as hell, right? If you know me personally, I'm frugal. I'm the guy who make sure that, you know, I have my money and my savings and investments accounts. And when I make investments, it's really strategic. And I already told you about my filter. Like everything is really strategic. Like if I lose $10, I'm, I'm on fire. I'm pissed off. I'm like, yo, I know I have $10. Like I know I, I lost it. I don't know where it's at. Like yeah. I'm that type of person. Yep. So I like to just pay people that I know are where I want to be. Before I had my mentors that mentor me for free, I had to pay mentors and coaches. So one of the guys told me that, hey, Spec, why are you trying to reverse engineer what this guy has going on? Just pay him, bro. It's just $6,000. And I'm just being cheap, trying to reverse engineer. I'm signing up for his emails, looking at his funnel. I'm doing all this extra dumb stuff. And it's just like, bro, just pay him. <laughs> and, and once he said that to me, it's like, if you want something, pay for it. And I was like, damn, that stuck to me so hard. So now... I want a mentor, I want coaching, I want a program, I want anything, I just pay for it. I don't be cheap with it. I invest in myself, I invest in my knowledge. The best investment you can make is in in yourself. Invest in people, they can haul ass on you. They They can do whatever they want to do, but when you have the knowledge, I see all those books behind you. Like the same thing, you're investing in yourself, and you're reading the books. I don't know if that's your bookshelf or whatever. I don't know. But the point is. <laughs> yeah, bro, it's my bookshelf. <laughs> <You, laughs> no, no, these
1: are fake though. These are fake yeah. books. You know? I don't know.
0: You know, people, <laughs> people, people, people do want the instant gratification, right? They want those moments. Instagram stands for instant gratification. Like, that's what people want, right? And people would do stuff like that. We will go jump a gate and go take a picture in front of a private jet. Like, people would be walking out of uh, 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 the, the plane and go sit down in first class and take a picture. Like, I didn't see the worst,
1: no, so I that, know that's a- why now be- between this crib and then the San Diego crib, probably like 3000 books. Can't yeah. say I've read all of them to cover, but like a bunch. One thing too, really quick, because this is, this is fire. I just want to unpack this a little bit more. You mentioned you want something, pay for it. For me for a long time, this was a limiting belief. Okay. I would think, Oh, why is so-and-so not doing it for free? Not doing it for free, not doing it for free. And then I had a moment, I was in my late twenties, where i just had this really i think it was like 28 29 i realized i was about to be 30 and i'm like yo i'm not getting any of that time back and if you're listening to this, to this right now okay the reality is you can make more money right now if you look at the global economy there is there's an infinite amount of money this completely disproportionate to anything that a human being could spend in their lifetime you're able to acquire far far more and when you look back at your time you know right now right you, you've spent the last hour, man, just just dropping bombs, giving your time, your energy, your wisdom, your input. You don't get this hour back, right? So for, for me, for example, it's like you have the respect for the person to acknowledge the value. And that's one. Two is those of you that are listening, you're not going to get this year back. That's it. This year is going to go by and you either have it and you're taking action on it or you're not. And whatever uh, limiting belief you have about money, you need to eliminate that. You need, you need to let that fade off because you can always make more money. In fact, if you're smart about it, I don't think I have a single investment that I've made when it comes to self-growth that hasn't produced a 10x to 50x, 100x ROI. Like, Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, and even they
0: like programs, right? People people complain about programs. I hear people say all the time, like, "Oh my god, I got in that program. It was shit." Like, people spend even I'm, programs, books, podcasts. Like, people spend years of figuring shit out, and they're putting it all in programs now. Before nobody did that. People have years of experience, so billions of dollars companies, so millions of dollars. In their company, and they're creating podcasts. We, they're giving back and give you knowledge that they experience. Like some of the stuff I'm talking about, I lost millions of dollars learning this shit.
1: Yep.
0: Right in books, somebody will spend their whole life and then put it in a six-hour book. You mean that you're not reading? You mean to tell me you're not listening to a free podcast? You mean that you telling you telling me you're not paying for a six thousand-dollar program? Like literally, one thing out of a program. Like each program I purchase because I sell my program, but I buy programs too. I'm not just a person selling stuff. I'm taking, I'm buying people programs too, seeing how can I make my product even better. Of course. And I'm learning at least one nugget from each program that was worth tenfold on what I paid for it. I'm like, damn, now one nugget. It's like reading a book. As long as you can get one nugget out of that book. Some people get at least three nuggets out of a book. But if you walk away with one nugget and you put that in your arsenal and you put that in your lifetime experiences now where you can create lifetime experiences just off that nugget and now you know you don't have to, you don't have to go through certain things no more because you have that nugget that you gained from this person that I went through the, the most. It shortcuts you straight to the success line, to the front of the success line.
1: And, and so, Even out of this podcast, if you get one nugget out of this shit, it was worth your time. Boom. So I'll put it this way. Working with Ty, I spent 10 years dissecting that, put that in my program. When did you start your first biz? My first business? Yeah. How long it ago? Was,
0: it was a candy, candy business. I was making $8,000 a month.
1: Yeah. And so I that's crazy. So, so that's multiple multiple decades of knowledge. So, so get on top of it. Let's do the shameless pitch. I'll let you close it out with a shameless pitch. I, I, I encourage it. I encourage like this is the one thing that's different for for this podcast. I encourage this shameless plug because everyone I bring on brings value. If there's ever uh, uh, like we go and we look, we dissect, right? People need these tools. Uh, Right now you have kids going into school. they're going into debt. They're not getting the tools they need. Uh, You're helping provide the tools. So boom, Instagram, right? I am spectacular. Um, Podcast, spectacular experience. Scope it mentorship program. Help me go viral.com. Or the text message will put all of that in the description, it'll be sick. We got about a minute left. If you've got a last minute word of wisdom, words of knowledge for everybody listening, what would that be?
0: Yeah, well, first thing I want to say is never a shameless plug, right? It, because <laughs> at the same time, when you think about business, if you don't let the people know what you have and what you're offering, you're doing a disservice to them. You know, if I'm if I if I'm not willing to take what I have in and make it where somebody can purchase it or give it away for free, then I'm doing the disservice because people need this knowledge. I always always got taught, like, listen, if you have something that somebody else can use and you're keeping it to yourself, you're being a disservice not only to yourself, but to that person also. So the same thing with what you're doing right now is amazing for the community and the people that's listening. So I will honestly say, make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you're not subscribed. You know, if you want to go subscribe to my podcast, I do this all day talking about mentorship and and like entrepreneurship mindset, those different things. But listen, you know, my program might not be for everybody. You know, everybody might not want to have a successful business or agency or be an influencer on social media. People might not want that. A lot of times people be like, "Yo, I'm cool with what I got. You know, I'm cool with my 500 followers. I don't want 100,000." I'm cool with my business. I have, I don't want to scale it up. Like some people don't want that, right? Who want it? Cause it comes with headaches too. You know, a business is hard to get to that million dollars. But once you get to the million dollars, you kind of smooth selling from there to get to the 5 million. And once you get to like the the 10 million, that's when the struggles start happening. Cause like, all right, let me figure out how to get this past this point. And once you get it past that point, you kind of smooth selling. So you just got to ask yourself, is this something you want? You know, do you want coaching? Do you want to be mentored by me? Do you want to be mentored by you? Like they got to ask themselves. It's not even something that I can say to them. Like you have to make up your mind. Are you going to be that person that's going to sit back and have the idea of Instagram and never do it? And now you got to say, damn, I was the person who had the idea of Instagram. I was the the person who had the idea of Facebook and never fucking did it because you're waiting for the perfect moment. Or you want to be the person that take action on, Facebook like Zuckerberg did. He dropped out of school and he said, hey, listen, I can always go back to school and figure out, you know, this whole Facebook thing and then come to find out, oh, I guess Facebook wasn't so bad after all. Did he ever go back to Harvard? Fuck no. He didn't need it. So you got to figure out where you in life and what type of decisions you want to make to get where you got to go in life. You know, are you surrounding yourself around the right people? Are you listening to the right things? Because your intake is your outtake your input is your output. So if you're listening to the right things, you're, you're doing what you got to do. You're getting the right people around. You got the right mentors the coach. Then you become LeBron James and you win championships. You become Michael Jordan. and You you win championships when you got Phil Jackson behind you. That's
1: what happens. Yo, I love that. Thank you so much for taking your time, for investing your energy and for delivering the wisdom. Um, we're going to include all the call to actions in the show notes. Do it. Huge blessings. I'm extremely grateful and blessed to have you on. All right, man, keep doing what you're doing, bro. Keep crushing it, man. Thank you, brother. Talk to you. It really is a revolution. Listen, uh, Drangardi, baby. We've never wavered in that I believe. We should strive to do things in this building. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourself and ourselves. I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. I took the initiative in creating the internet. That app comes with incredible rapidity. One electrical arc after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted.